Hello, Misfits, and welcome back to the Misfit Podcast. I am your host, Georgie Paul, and I hope that you never take offense to me calling you Misfits because obviously I think that it is a positive thing because we are people that are interested in conversation and being awake in our life and, you know, learning and all of that. So I'm super excited for this week's episode. I got to interview my Reiki master massage. She has all kinds of titles. She talks about, um, she's a life coach. She's amazing. And her name is Tina Niddle. And I, like I said, got introduced to her through Reiki massages. And if you have no idea what that is, hang tight. You'll hear about it in the interview, but they have made a huge difference for me on a basic level, energy, healing, massage, kind of like a therapy type type thing all to do with energy so if you're a little like oh that sounds weird to me uh just keep an open mind uh that's not really what the whole interview is about that's just her line of work um but we really jumped straight into the the talk so a little bit about her she is an entrepreneur she is a mother of five living children she'll go into that in her story but she is extremely joyful and peaceful and driven and motivated and I like to study people like that like why are they the way that they are and this is you know she talks about overcoming trauma and how it changed her life and she found good in it and she's found ways to get through it and not only get through it but thrive after it and find peace and purpose in her life so I really enjoyed our conversation I feel that we'll probably have a lot of conversations in the future because we think and are curious in the same way. So I hope that you gain value from hearing her story and listening in. And as always, if this comes to you and gives you value, if you could share on your social media, comment, you know, rate the podcast, all of that would be greatly appreciated. The goal and intention is always just to share information and help people in any way that I can. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And here is the interview. So my name is Tina and I am a neuro-linguistic programming life coach certified. I also do Reiki and, um, and I do sound healing. And all of this came about whenever my son passed away about nine years ago, I was Um, introduced into this world of conscious awareness and um, being present in the moment, fully present in the moment and meditating and all of those things about energy. All of that came after my son passed away. So it really radically changed my life. Now I have five children that are living and, um, and I continue to upgrade myself constantly and my thinking and my beliefs and just making sure that I'm releasing thoughts that don't serve me. I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. But one of the things that you and I have talked about is how you can go through something and it completely change where you're at because you told me you were not this happy person that I'm so attracted to always, just naturally. Um, And I know that we've had so many talks already with usually me lying on a table getting a massage but I'm really drawn to you and attracted to you because of your way of thinking and you know we've had so many enlightening conversations so I just kind of want to hear your 
perspective. So yeah, so sorry for just pulling that out right away, but it really is what led me on this whole path of awakening. No, and you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. It's well, your I story. Mean to try. I didn't no. mean to choke you up. It's your story. No, <laughs> yeah, it's your story. It, it really has. It just changed my whole entire life. And, um, you know, it's really hard right now with COVID going on and everything because I am not one to allow fear to, you know, to get me upset, but I have PTSD from losing, um, Warren and his identical twin. I had them at 29 weeks. So now it's just kind of like, I'm keeping my kids homeschooled and being sick just because of my PTSD. I'm not allowing COVID to affect how I function in the world, but I am allowing how it affects my choices on what I let my children do was the first thing that made yourself like pull yourself out of that after going through something like that so for one thing I already had uh, three children um, and my fourth son was Wesley uh, Wesley and Warren's twin um, and he was an infant in a NICU so being um, you know constantly um pumping and and everything and keeping myself busy with like being concerned with Wesley and my other kids at home because I had spent months in the hospital before their birth and then was transferred to Cincinnati after living in Toledo hospital for a couple of months and it's just really funny how things um not funny haha but it's interesting how things end up happening because you know I I really wasn't going to have any more children and the doctor wouldn't let me like get my tubes tied because of the one loss and even though I had four living children and I'm so glad they he said he wouldn't do it for a year and then four years later I finally had my daughter I had all boys mm-hmm. so that was amazing she's but so sweet she's amazing mm-hmm. and and right after um I would say probably within two months of going home from the NICU and getting back into a home routine after being away from home for four or five months and having a really hard time sleeping and not really being able to sleep much at all. I had always been interested in like meditating and things like that, but this was back, you know, almost 10 years ago now. In fact, uh, in fact, tomorrow is the day that my son passed away and I had my other son, it's his 10th birthday tomorrow. So, um, that is definitely something that just clicked just now. Yeah, so his birthday's their birthday and and his death day is tomorrow. Um so I started meditating, but back then there really wasn't a lot of information, you know, uh, it wasn't readily available. Yeah, how um, did you get introduced to the Reiki? So I started listening to guided meditations that helped me to ultimately be able to sleep again and they were affirmation um meditations by Kelly Howe, the Universal Mind Meditation and Within three or four nights of listening to that meditation, I was finally able to, like, after repeating what she was saying as she as she requested you to do, I was finally able to sleep. Um, so you just went searching for some sort of healing? Yeah, and it's just so weird how the, the, the synchronicity started falling into place after that because, like, it just happened to be, it was the Falls version, um, Deepak and Oprah were doing their 21-day guided meditation um, in the fall. And so I started doing that and all of that just opened me up into this world of Reiki and energy work and meditations. And it was actually with my twin pregnancy, I had started 
had a lot of um, like pubic pelvic dysplasia and a lot of sciatic pain. So I started going to a massage person um, who also was a Reiki master and I had no idea anything about Reiki. And whenever I walked out of her and she didn't tell me that she was doing Reiki until I went back the next time for my next massage. And I said, you know, whenever I've had many other massages, other places in my life, but when I walked out of your door after the first massage with you, I, as I was walking down the path, I felt like a totally different person. Like my energy was just so different. I was just so more clear thinking. And, um, so she was actually my first introduction to, to Reiki and energy work. Um, it's really funny that you say that because I got introduced to you just because, uh, Tina started doing massages right next to our nutrition club. And I thought I was just coming to get a massage. And I always say I'm so grateful for that because I had no, if, if anyone had tried to explain to me what it was, I probably would have been like, that's weird. You know, so I I probably would have just been like, I don't know how I feel about that and not whatever, but thinking it was a massage. And I believe I cried my first time too. We, I've had yeah. so many breakthroughs just, you know, doing Reiki. So for someone who has no idea what Reiki is, what's a short version of what is Reiki? Sure. So Reiki is Ray and Ki actually mean um, life force energy. So it's actually going through um, classes and attunements, three different attunements to become a master Reiki instructor and practitioner. Um, it's opening up to the being in the presence of this moment and opening yourself up to energy that comes in through you and through divine and that love vibration and being able to share that. It raises the frequency and vibration of, you know, everything on all levels physically mentally emotionally and spiritually it helps to raise people's vibration so actually anytime you have a high vibration you know and frequency whether you know anything about reiki or not your vibration is being put into the universe and people around you are affected by that just like i'm sure you've walked into a room before where people have been upset and you can, you feel can the instantly feel that mm -hmm. right because energy is all knowing it's um, it's intention and it's love and it's healing. Yeah. So if you are thinking like, wow, this is some hippie stuff, that's kind of how I felt Im immediately. But when you're actually doing it, so for example, when I go to massage, it's not like, um, like all this weird stuff. You're just doing a normal massage, but she's focused on the energy. And like, for me, it's my life is so busy and I have a four year old and I have business and I have all this stuff. So it's like this hour where I'm actually focusing and sometimes you do like a guided meditation where you'll be like focus on your breathing and this part of your body and it just totally clears your head or other times we talk about things and she'll be like this your energy feels this way and it scares me all the time because it's right. We've had so many good conversations of things that I struggle with everybody struggles with. You know, and that's one of the things that is so, like I said, has made me so drawn to you, as I said to you earlier, is I'm interested in talking to people who are alive, like awake in their life. And and I, I guess what I mean by that is intentionally thinking about their life, intentionally trying to think about how they feel or, or what they want to do or what makes them happy. And would you, I mean, how do you feel about, I feel like most people are 
just kind of going through the motions of their life and they're waking up and watching TV and, you know, going through fast food and there's no, there's not a lot of thinking happening, but I feel that people kind of like mask things that they're not ready to deal with, with everything else. And I feel that this kind of thinking is hard work, but it's the only way to actually get to a place of peace or happiness or not even just Reiki, but doing the hard work of thinking about things and, and going through what your insecurities are, why are you doing the things that you're doing, or why are you eating what you're eating, those kind of things. So, Yeah, absolutely. I know that a lot of people do, like, like you say, um, they buffer. That's what that's called. They mm-hmm. buffer their life away with things that feel good and give instant gratification in the moment, you know, like playing a game and mm-hmm. or, you know, getting that taste of sugar and that yeah. distraction. It's buffering, right? And what they're buffering, and a lot of people don't even know until they dive deep into self-healing and their self-work, is that generally we come from a generation of parents that are narcissistic. Some of them are people pleasers, which is self-sabotaging. And they they teach us all of these traits unknowingly, of course, because they didn't have the information then either, you mm-hmm. know, to really, how, to really know how to go in and deal with this. You know, it is hard work just in the sense of realizing through talking with other people and, you know, all of a sudden having synchronicities that line you up with maybe all of a sudden this is the first time you've come into contact with this podcast and now you're hearing this and um you know maybe it's those little pushes and nudges to help you like realize okay maybe this is something I need to look into more you know maybe I need to understand how the generations of my family have been cycling their thoughts patterns right and thoughts are just Thoughts and beliefs are, are just thoughts we keep thinking mm-hmm. and we can change those thoughts and beliefs anytime we want. You know, it's funny because whenever you were talking about the hippy dippy kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And the, the woohoo mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, a lot of people really do think of that, but it's because they don't understand it. But once they do understand that, then it's like, oh, okay, now I, now I see that this really is all there is. The energy really is all there is. And whenever we can stand up and make a change in our lives and really become aware of who we are and start doing radical forgiveness for others and ourselves for the ways we behaved or other people behaved when they didn't know how to behave better, you know, and able to accept that and forgive them and go from this moment on with a new look, you know, Mm -hmm. a new forward looking on things, you know, a way to change and you know, I always recommend just try listening to some guided meditations. And if you find yourself in your mind starting to wander, you know, just gently pull it back. It's okay. People are always like, oh, I'm awful at meditating. This is awful to meditate. I can't do it. My thoughts just go even worse now because mm-hmm. now I've got silence and they're just going and going and going. And uh, that's that's because you have to retrain the brain. And as you do that, new neural pathways in your brain are actually reprogramming your subconscious, which goes into your conscious mind. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, you're, you're actually firing and wiring different neurotransmitters. And so whenever you can reprogram your brain to, um, and, and get yourself into a level of coherence and, um, program your brain to, 
to be in this moment with love and peace and not take anything for granted, granted, that's whenever you can really start feeling it and, and having the intuitions of what the room is saying because you're not in your mind constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with having an open mind to even accept that. That's why I said I think it was so great that I didn't know. I just thought I was getting a massage because I was so open to whatever you were saying because I wasn't analyzing or skeptical of anything and just having being open to hearing that or actually listening and doing that work or I think a lot of people are too afraid to face the things that I mean the things that I've let go of that we focused on or you said a huge one people pleasing we could talk about that let's circle back to that because that has been the biggest thing that we have worked on together yes and I definitely haven't overcome it but I think that it would be extremely relatable to other people yeah absolutely people pleasing and why we do that and how do we get better at that and all of that well I can't speak for everybody but I know myself And we've talked about this before, that the reason why we've become people pleasers, right, which is ultimately self-sabotaging because we're not putting ourselves first and Mm -hmm. not loving ourselves and honoring ourselves first. For for myself, it was with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom, you know, did the best she could with what she knows, and I'm not in any way um, trying to put my mom down. My mom didn't have the information, and she was a single mother raising two girls, you know, working full-time, ridiculous hours, and I know that that was really hard. She definitely had narcissistic tendencies, and I basically for the most part, raised myself as far as getting myself up, deciding if I was going to go to school that day. And I'm talking about from like first and second grade on, you know, get my hair done, my teeth, do my breakfast, like all of that stuff. I pretty much was my own parent. And Mm -hmm. whenever mom was home, you know, I understand that she was exhausted. She wanted things done. And so she was, she she yelled a lot and I always wanted to just please her. Mm -hmm. I always just wanted to try to make her feel better, you know, and, uh, that I did want that for the longest time, probably until about puberty. And then I started becoming very uh, much an attitude, giving her very much a lot of attitude, Mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't understand why she would treat me that way, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I became though such I have an ability to be super efficient and quick with what I do um, because of that, you know, because of my mom, you know, wanting this done right now or her turning around and manipulating me by saying things like, forget it, Tina, I'll do it myself if you can't do it right this minute, right? Because, Mm -hmm. and then she would say things like, you know, I've been at work all day and you know, my knees are killing me, you know, all of those kinds of manipulative behaviors to make you feel like, oh gosh, you know, I better get up and do this right Mm -hmm. this second, right? And so that really just primes you up for having narcissistic boyfriends, friendships, marriages, (laughs) all of that stuff, right? Because you're not healed yet. You haven't healed yourself from that. And isn't it interesting that no matter what kind of home life you had, whether it was, quote-unquote, an amazing, perfect one or a tragic mess, it's whatever happened there that created any issue that you have or or way of doing things or the person that you are. Like, all of our experiences have turned us into something. And, you know, we talked a lot about I had a narcissistic you know abusive boyfriend early that caused a lot of the things in me that 
you know, the, the people pleasing or the constant fear or, or all the things that we've talked about through that. And it's, it's going, you have to like put yourself back there because I think to get past it, like with your mom or with me, this was like my first serious boyfriend and he just, you know, wrecked me mentally and emotionally of, of what I believed about myself and everything else. And you, you have to like go back there and deal with it. And like you said, forgive them, forgive yourself for any situation that you have. And that's the part that I think is being conscious in your life and realizing like you have to notice the patterns that you're doing. You have to notice how you're reacting in your life. Like, why do you always do this? Or why do you always do that? And this is the work of going back to being like, I probably am like this because of this situation and I have to put myself back as a 15 year old and the kind of things that I went through and you kind of have to like PTSD relive the things and understand that this happened to you this created how you're acting now but you have to go back and be able to forgive and move on or maybe not move on is the word but you know even just heal heal Mm -hmm. yeah so heal like with your like losing of your son I can't even fathom that but you have to find you've told me like you have to find something out of that because if not it would just destroy you well also with knowing a lot more about energy and now I'm getting into like quantum touch and quantum physics and all of those things and that is just absolutely amazing I I highly recommend everybody to look up quantum physics it's just it's um it's amazing how we affect the world around us with our thoughts, with our minds, with our intentions, because again, it's all energy. Um, but I think that the double-edged sword about realizing whenever you're going back into when you're 15 and you have that first love traumatic drama relationship, you know, where you have a narcissistic, because I, I too had a very, uh, at a very young age from 16 and 17, had a very dramatic narcissistic relationship. And it's, it's horribly traumatizing. And it, um, the part that's a double edged sword is that once you heal that, and if you have the ability to be able to say, okay, well, I can understand why he's doing this for me or to me. It's because his, he watched his mom get kicked down the steps while she was pregnant when he was a little boy. And so I get that this is how. So that's the double-edged part. Because while you're going through your healing and you realize now because you're open now and you've got conscious awareness. And you are understanding what the reasoning is for somebody having that compassion and being able to forgive them is amazing wonderful thing but also making sure that from that moment of healing that that you go forward realizing that you have to have come first and that you have to have strict rigid like boundaries and not allowing people to you know to step over your your boundaries because just because you're able to understand and forgive doesn't mean you deserve to have this happen over and over for the rest of your life. Um, I'm just smiling so big and laughing because this is a realization that I've had because I think it's a part of the awareness and like really working on yourself and healing to be able to do what you're saying because I feel like I've gone so far that way that I've had to stop myself from letting people treat me badly. Like it's almost like if someone's treating me badly for no reason, I talked about this in a different episode actually, but 
I can, I go, I analyze everybody so badly that I'm like, well, I understand that she's acting this way because of this, 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 and this. But still, even though I can understand, it doesn't give them the freedom to do whatever they want to me. Like, I can be like, okay, well, this, her life, all these things happened. So I can understand why she's treating me this way. But then sometimes I just let that go because I, I don't, I don't hold anger for people. I don't like to. We've talked about that. Like it doesn't do anything. We talk about Mm -hmm. drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. But you also can't just let them treat you like garbage either. You know, you have to, you have to, to let that go and, and move on. But I think, you know, in my case, I haven't talked to mine in 10 years or, well, I guess it's been less than that. It feels like 10 years, six, seven years or whatever. And I probably won't ever again, but I have totally forgiven him. You know, I don't, I don't want him, I don't ever want him to be a part of my life again, but I want the best for him and I have forgiven him. And I've really just gone through the situation, you know, with you, with therapist, you know, and just been like, wow, that was a lot to handle as a 15 year old. This is probably why I have some of these things. So when they show up, it's like, I just am starting to make conscious decisions to not do that. Like, I know that basically every time I work, I get a massage with you, it's like, do we care what other people think, Georgie? <laughs> right. And are we speaking our truth, Georgie? Yeah. Are we making sure that we're saying the things in a compassionate and loving way to people that we feel because we have the intuition that they're ready to hear certain things and and then being able to say things whenever you feel that intuition but also having the intuition to know when not to say anything and let it bother you because yeah. what people think of you isn't even about you and I really I've heard that so I've heard that scenario you know for a couple of years now and it really really clicked for me last year I was like you know what that is so true because everything is really going through what what we come to in our thinking of other people basically is a a lot of them going through things that have happened in their mind, like their own perceptions of past experiences. So they're not even coming to you in the, with an open, conscious, aware mind. And they don't know your life. Not at they all. They don't know our life. Not at all. They don't understand where you're coming from, and they, they don't have the ability to accept that and be okay with it because they don't even know how to do that with themselves. And as much as I, I would never bash social media because I love social media. I've used it for so much and my business and everything else but I've also been a super like I've documented my whole life basically since I was in high school just because that's something I really like to do but I think it creates this false sense of like you don't it you don't actually know me just because I post a lot of my day and a lot of things you don't actually know the things I've been through even if I'm super transparent and honest and like, I use that now to document my life and only share, you know, positive things or something that I think could help somebody. Like, obviously, my whole life isn't positive, but sometimes it creates this, like, well, you think that you know everything. And, and a lot of times, like you said, this is a huge breakthrough for me, is a lot of the things are even in our head. Because sometimes I'll be talking to you about something and you're like, but did they say that? Or is that some a story that you're creating? It's like... They actually haven't even ever said that to me. I just feel that, you know. So. Right, and that's what other people do too. Mm-hmm. And so, how so much someone of... could think that I 
feel a certain type of way about them, and I actually just love them. But they created a whole story. Yeah, and it also is based on, again, what they're feeling about themselves that day, if they're having a good day, bad yeah. day, how they're going to take it. And even whenever you're writing post and putting your post out there, people don't know what tone you have with of words. Course. Yeah. So, you know, they can take you any way they want to. Yeah. And so, but again, it's all about them and how they're going to perceive it. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's also about you and how you're going to perceive things. Yeah. I think one of the one of my favorite tools in communicating that I've learned is uh, anytime you're having an argument or in a confrontation or you just understanding with with a partner or a friend or or a foe or whatever um and they just are listening with the intent to reply to what you have to say, a good tool is to say, okay, so this is what we're going to do. You can do this with your children. You can do this with your parents. You can do this with literally anybody. You can say, okay, I'm going to give you two minutes to speak and tell me how you feel about that. And then I need, after I'm done giving you what I feel about things for two minutes, then I want you to tell me in your own words what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Because you're most just like, of the time, what am I going to say to get back? What am I? And you're not even hearing. I yes. learned that from, oh, who was it? I think it was Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. He talked about, like, if, it, if a conversation is elevated, and, um, you know, even Josh and I used this the last few years, you know, in our relationship was, even if once a conversation gets elevated, there's no point because you actually can't hear what somebody else is saying anymore. Not at like all. Like if you're going to be yelling, then the conversation just needs to be over because you can't even, there's no understanding or rationing. They're just throwing back at you. There's no point. So yeah. And most of the time at that point, they're already going back to things that happened weeks, months, years ago. Yes. It's like, what can I pull out? Yeah. You know? And we all do that. Yes. And I know you have to get going, but the last question I have for you is if somebody's listening to this and has been through something traumatic and they don't feel like they're moving forward or can get over it, like what is one first step you would give them to, you're never going to move, you're never going to be over it or get over it, not like it's going to disappear, but how do you get to a place where you're at peace and healing and and can find happiness no matter what the trauma or tragedy was well I think that the main thing for me is really has just been well the meditating was my first step but since the meditating the focus on right now instead of living in the future or past is that what you think so meditating is in this moment. Yeah. So there is no thinking. Yeah. You're, but if you're doing a guided meditation, you're really not supposed to be thinking then either. You're supposed to just be, you know, listening and feeling what you're feeling in your body. And as the thoughts come in, you just gently let them go and you be gentle with yourself. But other than that, I would say, you know, just being, um, having an open mind and realizing that all things do happen for a reason and no matter how awful the circumstance may seem if you let it good things can come from it and um and just you know really being focused you have to be focused on wanting that peace that inner love that inner self peace and knowing that you are not responsible for anybody else's happiness and they're not responsible for yours. You have to do the work. It You can't say, oh, you're not making me happy. You're not making me this or that. Like, that's an inner job. Mm-hmm. Never going to be happy with anybody if you're not happy with yourself. 
Awesome, Tina. Thank you for your time. And I know that you're, you have a bunch of stuff going on. So where could they find you? I know that you're going to start a podcast soon. All that. I know it's not up and ready, but where could they find you if they want to follow and go into that? Sure. So, um, I am at the shift and, um, I'm Tina Marie with love guides me. And on Wednesday evenings I do pod, um, I do singing bowls and guided meditations. Um, and I do massage and Reiki throughout the week here at the shift. Um, I'm also at elite wellness doing Reiki. And then I also do my life coaching as well. So I have different programs. Um, what's your social um, well, I haven't gotten all of my social media stuff set up yet. I really just use my main Facebook page. Okay. I'm mostly biggest on allowing uh, word by mouth because okay. um, I think that that is, you know, I it's think how that I found that you. is. Yes, yes, <laughs> so I think you, it's so important. Yeah, so if you're local to Norwalk, I'll put in the uh, show notes the address and all of that if you want to book a massage or anything like that. But looking forward to your podcast starting yeah so they can also text me too and you can put my phone number in there and yeah great thank you for listening to this week's episode i gained so much value and insight myself just from sitting and having the privilege to talk to her and i hope that you did as well i will put all the information we talked about in the show notes if you are local to this area and would like to get a massage or or interested in any of the the thing that she's doing and if you're not local maybe looking into checking out a reiki massage or uh, taking her advice of free youtube meditations and just having an open mind to kind of go on your own path of peace whatever that means to you, whether it's prayer or meditation or whatever route, if, if this it touched you in any way or if you yourself have suffered a, a, a loss, a huge loss in one of the ways that she has or you related in some way, I hope that it helped you and touched you in some way. And if it did, let me know, share the podcast share with your friends or family or anyone that you think send it to somebody that you think might uh, benefit from hearing her story so thank you so much and we will see you next tuesday have a great week